The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're in the marketplace of liberty. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci on the Blaze Radio Network. Hollywood is on fire. And I'm not talking about forest fires, Rocky Stucci. We've got a great show for you today here on the conservative cartel on the blaze radio network we are live from the nine line apparel studios alongside of the emotional meatball the godfather of conservative talk radio radio the clown punisher rocky stucci <laughs> i'm matt Locke, the voice of liberty how you doing oh bro you know what i'm telling you i I look forward to this all week long. I think about it every single day. It is an honor to be here. It is an honor to share the microphone with you and an absolute honor to be on the blaze, brother. You are looking good in that nine line t-shirt, my brother. And hey, by the way, you can find us streaming on the conservative cartel Facebook page. I'm going to throw this out to you. Give us a share and a like. We would love to build up our audience here and we need it from you. So I'm going to challenge you today. We've got three hours of amazing talk radio in front of us. Get over there. You've got three hours. Tell your friends, family, your co-workers where we're at, the conservative cartel. And by the way, give Nine Line Apparel a like. Give them a little give them a little like. And by the if you want to be part of the program today, you can call the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, 888-900-3393. Now, Rocky, we have a great show, by the way. Yeah. We're going to be discussing Piggy Weinstein. Uh, that, that's whole first hour of nothing but debauchery the democratic party the sex rape allegations that are going on we're going to get into that hour two ceo black rifle coffee evan hafer is going to be joining us in the top of hour two so you're not going to want to miss it and at the bottom of hour two Former state senator of the great state of Arizona, Dr. Kelly Ward, is going to be on the program. She's running against Jeff Flake out there in Arizona for a senator at the federal level for for that great state. And in the third hour, we're just going to might we might just get silly. We might talk about jobs. We might talk about the stock market. We might talk about gun control. Who knows? We're the cartel. We don't even know where it's going to go at this point. But we welcome you in this Saturday, and we are glad that you are here on the Blaze Radio Network. Rocky, let's get after this because there's a lot to get to mm. today. We we have an infestation in Hollywood. Right. We have an amazing problem today from the people who want to tell you and I and the average consumer that they are smarter than you and I, that, that we should look up to these actors and actresses, that they're great people because they have lots of money and they have influence because they're in these movies. And quite literally, they get paid to play somebody else. Right. And we're starting to realize that the debauchery in Hollywood runs deep. Well, you know, Matt, I, I, I hope this... And I hope what we're about to talk about in this first hour, I, I truly hope that this is a wake-up call for a lot of people because you, myself, and so many other people know what's been going on in Hollywood for a very long time. We we know how they are politically motivated. Uh, we know the scandals that happen behind the scenes. We know about the big money, the big corporations 
uh, we we know the snakeness that happens within Hollywood. But for some reason, all these years, Matt, it's this kind of stayed underneath the rug. And we're going to explain to people why it stayed underneath the rug. And it is about time that the reality becomes exposed in regards to Hollywood and its political infiltration. Well, and it runs deep. It runs very deep, deep, and it's very deep, not just in Hollywood like you were just talking about. It's deep among the Democratic Party. And we've got a clip from Hillary Clinton we're going to bring here probably in the next segment or two because she went on to an interview with BBC. Hmm. And, and it's just phenomenal to listen to the left in the Democratic Party backpedal. Now, right. I read an article the other night which was captivating to me because if you remember, and it was very on point, they were talking about how former president Barack Obama had used Hollywood and had become a mainstay within Mm. that Hollywood circle. He had become a celebrity per se, and that's how he became popular. And if you ever noticed with Barack Obama, he always had artists, Actors. Mm -hmm. He always had celebrities around the White House. He always had parties. He wanted to be part of that crowd. Well, this author's whole point of that article was this is what Hillary Clinton was trying to do as well. Hillary Clinton was trying to do a replay of Barack Obama's presidential run in 08 and 2012 because it was identity politics at its finest. That's what the Democratic Party is known for. Not substance, not policy, not getting anything done, not for the little man. I'm sitting here watching Fox News right now in the studio, and they're actually playing the interview of the BBC and Hillary, which we're going to have a little bit later, which is Mm -hmm. fantastic. But she tried to play the celebrity slant, Rocky, she wanted, to, she wanted to be part of that crowd. They want to be part of that money. They want to be part of that fame. They want to be part of that lifestyle so that they can get that big money. And Piggy Weinstein, by the way, Harvey is his real name. I just call him Piggy. I've renamed him. It's Piggy Weinstein. <laughs> but him and his brother Bob started Miramax. Yeah. Yep. which they produce films. That's that's what Miramax did. They produced films in the 90s and the 2000s, and Disney bought Miramax, and they got rich. And, and you know what? What a great American story, Rocky. I right. mean, two right. brothers who set out to do what they believed in and aspired to do, started a small studio with independent films, and grew to be a major player in Hollywood. That's the American dream. You know, that, that, that's, that's what every small business in this country strives to do. And, and then along the way, I don't know. I mean, we, we break this down. And Rocky, you're better at this whole uh, personality, psychological breakdown of a Piggy Weinstein. But we came across a very interesting article where his company actually put clauses in his contract right. stating they were okay with his sexual assault. That's that's scary, Matt. You know, when you actually sign a contract that says, we know you're going to do it, we know that you could potentially rape somebody, but as long as you pay the fines and you pay the, the, the court fees, 
Plus, we as a company are going to find you the first time it's going to be $250,000, the second time it's going to be $500,000, third time $750,000, and any other time after that is going to be a million-dollar fine from the company. But as long as you pay all the court fines and if as long as you pay all the restitution, you still have your job. So there's a lot of things to question here. But, man, let me add something. In regards to the article that you're referencing, you go back to somebody like Edward Bernays, who is the author of a book, Propaganda, that came out of the 1920s. He started this uh, infiltrating Hollywood with politics. I believe it was the late 40s to where, a, and, and, and I apologize because I can't remember the name of the specific president, but the ratings were terrible for one of the presidents. And so Edward Bernays had this idea to infiltrate some of the most famous actors at the time and do photo ops and to do media campaigns of this specific president with some of the most famous people of Hollywood at that time. And within a matter of a few weeks, this president's ratings went up like 7%, 8%, just because of his affiliation with some of the Hollywood elite. And that brings us back up to today. And you said that Hillary Clinton tried doing the same thing. Now you look at Hillary Clinton and you compare Hillary to Barack Obama, now, there's one thing that Barack has that Hillary don't. There's two things, actually. Barack Obama had the gift of gab. Charisma. He had, you, you know, right. when you're a public speaker, how you present the way you speak is so important. And if you can't if you can't come across in a way that people can relate to you and feel you in your speech, then you're never going to connect with the crowd. But I think another thing that hurt Hillary Clinton, because she did uh, try to comply to the same strategy as Barack Obama, is that people are afraid of the Clintons because— Matt, we have stuff in front of us that we're going to talk about here shortly. Oh, yeah. That the Clinton trail goes back a lot farther than what people can even realize. And I think a lot of people in Hollywood tended to kind of keep their distance from Hillary as much as they could. Well, and they need to, Rocky. Very good points. They need to keep their distance. We've talked about this so many times during the week on the cartel. We do not know how deep and how long the Clintons' tentacles are. They've got mm. money. I mean, they do. They've got money. They've got power. They've got influence. They've got the Clinton Global Initiative. They've right. got this great big organization that is capable and able to do many different things for them, being above board or being below board. And, and we, we sit here and we jest about the, 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 the Arkansas of the Clintons, but a lot of people who are involved with the Clintons end up six feet under. You know, it, it, is it a coincidence? It, it, is it on purpose? We just don't know. Hey, look, the cartel this Saturday is just getting started. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Liberty, the conservative cartel on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, welcome back to the program, the conservative cartel right here on the Blaze Radio Network, broadcasting live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios. And Matt Locke, as I sit here and sip my Black Rifle Coffee, folks, if you want to call in, you can call in on the Black Rifle Coffee hotline, 888-900-3393. Now, during the break, Matt did tell me uh, that we have a new listener that he sent in a shirt, a picture of himself yeah. with the shirt. 
Uh, Ryan Merch, Ryan, thank you so much, brother. Thank you for the message. Thank you for listening. And we welcome all the new listeners on the Blaze and other platforms throughout the country. Thank you so much for being here. Please stop by the Conservative Cartel Facebook page. Give it a like. Follow us. Uh, we have a lot of things going on, a lot of things that are happening, and we're honored to have all of you along for the ride. Now, Matt, this is something we're dissecting. We're talking about Piggy Weinstein. Yeah, we are. Here's the thing. You know, and we talk about a lot of these different things, and, you know, I I jump in a lot of rabbit holes, and I I get labeled the tinfoil hat guy. Uh, But, you know, it's it's funny because a lot of these things – that even I was attacked for when you start researching the Clintons and Hollywood and media and manipulation and propaganda, a lot of these things are starting to come to fruition. But then there's other things that come to come to surface. And I referenced something to you before the show about an article that I ran across. And, and this is something that I want people to be aware of because this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to help people understand that we are not just up against a specific side. We're also up against like major corporate media. And I ran across this article. It was headlined fighting the Gawker effect in the wake of Weinstein. And this was written by Kim Masters from Columbia Journalism Review. And I'm just going to tell you really quick. It says here that I used to joke that I could wallpaper my house with threat letters during, during a career, which I worked for public publications, including the Washington Post, Vanity Affair, Time, and Esquire. And she says, in every case, I've relied on the advice of smart lawyers to make the pieces work. And in every case, the story in question eventually was published without incident. Now, listen to this. She says, this time was different. My recent efforts to find a publisher for an article I wrote about allegations involving Roy Price the head of Amazon Studios represents one of the most difficult chapters in my decades-long career in journalism. Not only does it show the length to which a deep-pocketed subject will go to shut down a negative story, but it reveals the fear and now pyramids news outlets at a challenging time for journalism. So basically, what she's saying here, Matt, is that we well here. Let me let me start with this. Let me start with this. We question all the time about investigative journalism. We can go back twenty years ago, and there used to be all types of uh, news outlets that did investigative right. type of journalism. That's we used right. to see it on our local news, national yep. news. We used to see it in our local newspapers. Investigative, very deep and detailed investigative journalism that tried to help expose specific truths to get information to people like us. No, but here we are. You're absolutely. We are now exactly up Rocky. against lawyers and attorneys and big money that are now suppressing the truth and creating a very specific narrative to control the thought process of the American people. Go ahead. Well, no, you hit right on it. We're at a point now where journalism is no longer journalism. I talk about this all the time. I'm a journalism major. That's what I went to school for. Right. And, and we've got a media running around here that's absolutely complicit to what's going on in Hollywood. And this is what it's coming back to on the Democratic side. And we're starting to see how deep this really goes. I mean, as we're sitting here and you're talking about Jeff Bezos and the Washington Mm -hmm. uh, Times, I believe he owns. 
I believe it's the Times. It might be the Post. It doesn't matter. They're both rags. But, you know, he's using that as a tax shield for Amazon. I mean, that's the only reason he's taking a loss on his newspaper to get the tax ramifications for his business. But you have such an incestuous family of Democrats in Hollywood, and, and, and they've linked themselves together in a cesspool of where they're so slimy in, 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 in I don't even know the word I'm even trying to find at this point. <laughs> it's disgusting. And as right. we watch, you're seeing George Clooney, mm. Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and, and, and now we're seeing Rose McGowan coming out saying, look, Piggy Weinstein raped me. We're seeing audio come out from a New York police department sting where Piggy's in a hotel room. Please come in. Please come into my hotel room. He's telling this to a model. Please come in. Don't embarrass me here. I'm at this place all the time. I've got money. I've got power, and you need to come in here. Who does that sound like, Rocky Stucci? It sounds like the Democratic Party. It sounds like Bill Clinton. And yet you've got the media going after Donald Trump. Oh my God, Donald Trump, locker room talk. He said he was going to grab a woman by her lady part. You right. know, this is this is the rage. Now, do we condone this? Of course not. We, we don't condone sexual harassment here on the cartel. We, we, we don't. But there's a difference between saying it and actually being accused of doing it, of actually being brought up on charges or women filing complaints that they were somehow sexually harassed, molested, raped, whatever, and the left just doesn't seem to get that. Now, as we bring the truth to the microphone, Rocky Stucci, these things need to come out. We don't have enough journalism outlets right. that bring this stuff out anymore. Journalism is now propaganda. Read right, 1984. Right. I mean, 1984, mm. Big Brother, the state government, the media, they're telling you what they want you to know. And that's currently where we are sitting at in this country. And it's it's absurd. It's ridiculous. And, and people are getting fed up and they're starting to go find the truth in the new media, which the cartel is part of that. So let me ask, you know, we're seeing a lot of things, Matt, come to surface, you know, and uh, I'm trying to think, you know, we're looking at all the different events that are happening globally, nationally, whatever, however you want to look at it. But there's a lot of things that we've been fighting for that we've been speaking out. We've been fighting against uh, but we seem to see a lot of this now coming to surface, coming to fruition. Truths are coming out. The corruption is being seen by more and more and more people, even though it's hard for a lot of people to actually digest this to be the reality because it's hard to step out of this box and it's hard to see things from a different perspective. But what what do you think it's been lately? I mean, we questioned on the show during the week, why Weinstein, why now? Because this is nothing new in Hollywood. This has been going on for years, and we're going to prove this within the next couple of segments. But what is happening? What is the new paradigm that is changing things to expose the truth? Is it media? Is it voices like ours? Does Trump have a lot to do with this? Does his administration have a lot to do with this? What is it now that all this is just coming at us like an avalanche? Well, it's a great question, Rocky, because why? I mean, a good journalist is going to ask why. Why did this come out now? Because we know. We know that the Democratic Party circles the wagons. They don't rat each other out. 
they don't they don't drop this kind of stuff. So you and I had this right. conversation on the cartel this week. In 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 Piggy's brother Bob. <laughs> well, it is what it is. I, can't I, read, help it. I read an article this week where <laughs> it looks like Bob may have dumped a little dirt on his brother. Now, you know, you know family like I know family. I've got family, mm-hmm. you've got family. And and we fight like crazy and and we come together and we're the only people that can fight with each other. And who best knows all of your dirty dark secrets? Right. Your family. Right. So in my thinking, I would have to think that something happened between Bob and Piggy that has led us to this point that we're at today. Who leaked this stuff? But, Rocky, the the thing that really amazes me as we're going to go into this third segment here really quick is that the Obamas and the Clintons, who were intricately intimate mm-hmm. with Piggy, and I use that word purposefully because it was it's, it is what it is, Right. They they took his money. They 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 they've gotten to bed with him, pardon the pun, but it took them almost a week to come out and distance themselves oh, from sure. him. Now I want to read the I want to read the comments or the statements that were put out because the Obamas came out and here's what they said. And this is from Barack. Michelle and I have been disgusted by the recent reports about Piggy Weinstein, the former president and former first lady Michelle Obama said in a joint statement. Any man, by the way, this is from thehill.com, any man who demeans and degrades women in such fashion needs to be condemned and held accountable regardless of wealth or status. We should celebrate the courage of women who have come forward to tell these painful stories, and we should work to build a culture including by empowering our girls and teaching our boys decency and respect so we can make such behavior less prevalent in the future. Now, I've got a problem with that, Rocky, because they've probably ticked off the LGBT community because they said little boys and girls. Because I now, was just going to say that. Because now you shouldn't label that way. There, there are right. no genders. You're what it's you feel. If, if you're a purple unicorn, you're a purple unicorn. If, 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 right. if you're a giraffe or a dog or a carrot or a 70-year-old <laughs> man who feels like he's a 10-year-old girl, that's what you are today. So first of all, right, right. The, the, the Obama stepped in it, for one. But, but for two... It's amazing to watch as Hillary Clinton, who, by the way, does nothing. And we've got her. We've got this interview coming up next segment. She does nothing that doesn't run by a herd of people. I mean, they look at every word that's uttered out of her mouth because she can't come up with a a genuine statement of anything. And you're going to hear it in the interview coming up next. She's terrible when she's not guided. But she comes out and she says, I was shocked and appalled by the revelations about Harry Weinstein. The behavior described by women coming forward cannot be tolerated. Their their courage and the support of others is critical in helping to stop this kind of behavior. So I set that up because coming up, we have a BBC interview with Hillary Clinton that ran on TheBlaze.com yesterday. I happened to be browsing yesterday, Rocky, and saw it, and I was floored. I was floored at what came out of her pie hole. Like, I mean, <laughs> dude, she is the, 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 the pharmacy that's taking care of the government. 
is yes. giving her Alzheimer's pills. I'm telling you right oh, now, she yeah. has no clue of what the right. heck she's even saying, what's going on, or that she's married to a, a guy that's been accused of rape. Hey, don't go anywhere. The cartel's just getting warmed up. We'll be right back on the Blaze Radio Network. Yes, you are in the marketplace of liberty. Welcome back on this Saturday to the conservative cartel as we are live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios. And I want to take just a second, give a shout out to our good friends over at Nine Line Apparel. NineLineApparel.com. You see this great shirt I'm wearing? If you're not listening on Facebook, you sure should. They have great shirts. Great shirts, great people, fantastic. Patri relentlessly patriotic by the way in savannah georgia just opened a brand new sixty thousand foot new facility on thursday great great sponsors take a moment head over to ninelineapparel.com and show them some love and if you get a chance head to their facebook page they do great things nine line foundation is a charity they help build houses for former veterans they do such great work in the community so head over to ninelineapparel.com NineLineApparel.com. Check them out. But Rocky Stucci, we're back. We're talking about Piggy Weinstein, Hollywood, debauchery, the Democratic Party, um, hand in hand as, as they run down this cesspool of a toilet out there in Hollywood. And, and they're literally on fire. I started the show with Hollywood's on fire, and it is. I mean, not figuratively, but they've got a big, big problem. But the Democratic Party is in denial. By the way, if you right. want to be part of this conversation, give the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline a call, 888-900-3393. We'll, we'd love to talk to you about what's going on here and what we're talking about. But the Democratic Party is in denial. They want you, they want to portray that nothing is wrong. They, they, they want to portray that they are distant from Hollywood, that they're not part of it. Even though I told you in the last segment, all Barack Obama wanted to do was be a celebrity. All he wanted to do was hang out with Jay-Z mm -hmm. and Beyonce. All he wanted to do was throw parties. All he wanted to do Still was does. be part of that deal. But yet, I want to set this up real quick because we've got mm -hmm. a clip and we've got to get to it because it's three minutes long here. It's a longer clip than I would normally play. But Hillary Clinton went on to the BBC and was talking about this whole eruption with, with Weinstein and everything else. And I want you to listen to this. Go ahead and play it. Now, the other big story of this week, as you know, is your friend Harvey Weinstein, mm -hmm. who mm -hmm. has had a huge slew of really serious allegations mm -hmm. made against him. What was your reaction when you first read those allegations? I, I was shocked and appalled because I've known him through politics, as many Democrats have. He's been uh, he a supporter. A yeah. He's been a funder, and you know, for all of us, for Obama, for me, for people who have run for, uh, you know, for office in the United States. So it was, it was just mm. disgusting, and the stories that have come out uh, are heartbreaking. Uh, and I really commend the women who have been willing to step forward now and tell their stories. But I think stop it's it right there, Chris. I commend the women, Rocky Stucci. I commend the women. I'm the head of the bimbo eruptions in 1990 when my husband can't keep his tally whacker in his pants in the right. Oval Office. But I commend the women. I'm the woman that went after a child who got raped and said that she deserved it. I'm that woman, but she has the nads 
to go on the BBC and tell you that we should believe the women. There is nobody more in political history that has changed the script than Hillary Clinton. There is nobody more that is more hypocritical in political history than Hillary Clinton. I mean, this is pathetic. And we're going to point out exactly what we're seeing here in just a little bit. Go ahead, Matt. Play it. Go ahead, Chris. But I think it's important that we not just focus on him and whatever consequences flow from uh, the stories about his behavior, but that we recognize this kind of behavior cannot be tolerated anywhere, whether it's in <laughs> entertainment, politics. Well, you know, after all, we have someone admitting to being a sexual assaulter in the Oval Office. Stop. A sexual wow. assaulter wow. in the Oval Office. Now, I'm going to tell you something right here, Rocky Stucci. If I'm Donald <laughs> Trump, and I don't agree with suing people, but I have my uh. attorney writing a letter today. I have my attorney writing a letter today to Hillary Clinton saying, look, you, 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 you better stop it. You, you better be quiet. You better shut your pie hole because you cannot go out and blame people. Has Donald Trump been indicted? Has Donald Trump been indicted, brought up on charges of sexual assault? No, he hasn't. How do you say that? It, it, the scary part, man, is people believe it. People are sitting there, probably have their box of Kleenex, while Hil Hillary, the thug Clinton, is sitting there spewing this vomit. The hypocrisy is absurd. I, I, I cannot believe... See, here's the thing. I didn't listen to the whole interview. I couldn't listen to the whole interview. As a matter of fact, I have a puke bucket sitting right next to me because you told me we're going to play this. But, I mean, it is so absurd what is coming out of her mouth right now. And if anybody with more than three brain cells don't pick up on the hypocrisy that's coming out of her mouth, then you're probably not human. You probably have a brain smaller than the size of a turtle's brain. I'm just saying, Matt. All right, run it, Chris. There has to be a recognition that we must stand against this kind of, uh, you know, action that is so mis sexist and misogynistic. And this depends upon women coming forward and having yeah. the courage to come forward. Right. Oh. And yet in your book... Hang on, stop. Here it comes. No. So Rocky Stucci, here it comes. No. Because this guy, this reporter, <laughs> is going to do his job. He is going to do his job and listen to the next question he asks. Ask, hit it. Three women brought onto stage mm -hmm. by Trump attacking your husband, and you kind of dismiss them. Was that the right thing to do? Are you sure about that? Well, yes, because that had all been litigated. Stop! It's all been litigated. She just said in the very same interview that we should listen to these women. Boy, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Miss Clinton. You know, Donald Trump brought three <laughs> women to the Republican National Convention, and they got up on stage and told their story. Oh, no, 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 we can't listen to them. This has all been litigated. This has been through the courts. This is no, no, no. Has it been litigated? Right. I mean, we know, and we're going to get into this into the next segment. We know that there's been payoffs. We know that there's a laundry list of women who have come out and accused Bill Clinton of sexual assault. I mean, this is absurd, Rocky Stucci. Go ahead. I mean, that was the subject of a huge, uh, you know, investigation, as you might recall, in the huge. late 90s. And uh, there were conclusions drawn, and that was clearly in the past. Um, but it is something that has to be taken seriously. As I say, for everyone, not just for those in entertainment right Except now. for my Actually, husband. Nobody wants right. to blame women for what men do. But nonetheless, powerful women like you also have a duty to call men out.
as I did throughout the campaign. Yeah. I, I certainly did. I mean, the, the, the real sad part of the campaign uh, was how uh, <laughs> this horrific tape, what he said about women in the past, what he said about women during the campaign uh, was discounted by a lot of voters. Hey, stop, Chris. Stop, 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 stop. Look, you know, men are men. I, I'm not going to condone what Donald Trump said, but right. at least he's acting like a man. I mean, you know, the men and women roles in this country are so crazily mixed up because of the Democratic Party that Hillary Clinton's mad that Donald Trump acted like a man. They're mad it, that there, there's an actual alpha male in the White House, Rocky Stucci. I, I, I'm not. Here's the thing, you, you know, and you're exactly right. I want to be very clear that nor myself or Matt are condoning no. anything that was said. But you know what? If anybody in their life has not heard locker room talk in your life, you're lying. You're absolutely lying. But to sit here and to listen to Hillary Clinton spew this this hypocritical vomit out of her mouth when, Matt, we have a list. She says whatever happened in the 90s right. was the past, but we also have stuff from the 80s. Hey, we also have stuff from the 70s. We have stuff from when he was governor of Arkansas. And to sit here, how can she live with herself? How can she look at herself in the mirror and then have the audacity to come on an interview in front of the entire world and to say what she's saying without not feeling any remorse, any guilt against any woman that has been attacked? Hang tight, Rocky. I want to finish this clip. Go ahead, yep. Chris. Do you think Donald Trump and Harvey Weinstein are deep down the same kind of person? Oh, I'm not a psychologist. I can't draw that conclusion. I think that uh, there are reports, credible reports from women about both that sound uh, quite similar. Given what Donald Trump has said and the way he's behaved, do you think he hates women? I think he has a very narrow view of what a woman should be and is very uh, focused on keeping women in their place. And so the way he treated Angela Merkel, for example, when she came to the Oval Office, where he would not shake her hand, where he st would not look at her, compared with the way he treated Theresa May, whose hand he grabbed. It was a grab, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. yes. I mean, so there's two kind of women. Mm. Women that I like and I can work with, and women that I'm afraid of. Or All right, Chris, get rid of that. Women I like and women I don't like, and we're done with. Thank you for, he, uh, fantastic, by the way. He grabbed her hand. He grabbed her hand. Oh, my oh. God. He didn't shake Angela's Jeez. hand. And Oh, geez. We're going <laughs> to, hey, don't go anywhere. We're going to break this entire thing down the cartel on the Blaze Radio Network. The conservative cartel will return on the Blaze Radio Network. You know, I, I'm, I, I'm trying to be as professional as I can. You know, I, I wanted to bring a different presence to the program today. But, you know, here's the thing. I right now what I want to do after listening to that interview with Hillary Clinton I seriously I'm not lying folks I want to go get a two by four right now and I want to try to bang my head to get that last three minutes out of my life man like I'm not gonna lie I'm kind of mad at you right now but folks ladies and gentlemen welcome oh. back to the program the conservative oh. cartel right here on the blaze radio network broadcasting live from the nine line apparel studios you want to call in we want to hear your opinions just call in on the black rifle coffee hotline triple eight 900 33 93 Matt I need
counseling. Yes, you do. You aren't the emotional meatball for nothing, and I love it. But let's jump into this because we heard that ridiculousness that was, mm. you know, Rocky, she is terrible when she mm. is not scripted. That is exactly why she is scripted. Every word that comes out of her mouth is tested. It's put in front of of, right. of, of people. It, it, it is made to say, hey, how does she come across? Because when she talks just off the cuff, she's awful. And you find out who she truly is. But I want to dig into this. I want to yep. dig into what we're talking about. Because she made it clear that women should be believed unless they have sexually been assaulted by her husband. Now, I found an article this morning from counterpunch.org, and it lists 40 different accusations leveled at Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable, Rocky Stucci, but let's let's start down this road because we've got the last segment in the first hour. It's unbelievable. We've got CEO right. of the Black Rifle Coffee Company coming in, Evan Hafer, and former state senator of the great state of Arizona, Dr. Kelly Ward. So we're going to get to those interviews next hour. But Aline Wellstone accused Bill Clinton of raping her at Oxford in 1969, 1972. A woman at Yale University accused then-law student Bill Clinton of sexual assault. 1974, a female law student of Bill Clinton's in Arkansas accused him of blocking her departure from a room, then forcing his hand down her blouse. Right. Juanita Broderick accuses Bill Clinton of raping her in 78. (laughs) Number five, unnamed, 78 to 80. Number six, unnamed, 78 to 80. Number seven, unnamed, 78 to 80. Number eight, unnamed, 78 to 80. Number nine, unnamed, 78 to 80. Number 10, unnamed, 78 to 80. Number 11, unnamed, 78 to 80. And this was where Capitol Hill Blue investigative article was able to discover that state troopers in Arkansas knew of at least seven complaints from women who said Bill Clinton sexually assaulted them during their first term during his first term as governor of Arkansas. Hmm. Number 12, Carolyn Moffitt accuses Bill Clinton to Harrison Hampton of forcing her head into his lap when she refused requests for oral sex in 79. Leslie Milwee recently came forward, accused Bill Clinton of sexually assaulting her on three separate occasions in a newsroom in 1980. Unbelievable. Becky Brown accuses Bill Clinton of sexual assault in the Arkansas governor's mansion in the mid-80s. Elizabeth Ward Grayson, according to multiple accounts, including a former friend's deposition during the House of Representatives, Paula Mm -hmm. Jones investigation in 1982. She says, I think Clinton is a very dangerous, manipulative man. And I've had to be very careful, she says. There was a lot of pressure on my family and friends. People were being stalked. They were being being targeted. She goes, I was a little bit afraid for my own safety at one point. Mm -hmm. Sally Miller, who had consensual affair with Clinton, reports that a Democratic Party official threatened her around that same time. Helen Dowdy accused Bill Clinton of groping her up there on a dance floor in the Rodham family wedding in 86. Paula Jones accuses Bill Clinton of sexually assaulting her in 91. Sandra Allen James accuses Bill Clinton of sexually assaulting her in 91. Christy Zerker, a flight attendant on Bill Clinton's 92 campaign plane, accused Bill of groping her without consent. I mean, Kathleen Willie 
has repeatedly accused Bill Clinton of sexual assault in the Oval Office in 93. Then don't forget about Paula Corbin because there's an eight hundred fifty thousand dollars. Well, that's Paula Jones. On that one. That's Paula. Oh, that's Paula Jones. It Paula is Paula Jones. Jones. Okay. It's Paula Cor. Okay. It's Paula Corby Jones. Okay, Corbin got it. Jones. She received an eight hundred and fifty thousand dollar settlement from Who Bill litigated Clinton. all this, Matt? That, that's the question. Who litigated all of this vile? psychopathic pedophiliac disgusting behavior of bill clinton who litigated this who created the threats who sent the lynch people out after these people to threaten them who's behind all of this because we also have that audio of when hillary clinton was uh, defending a rapist yep. and she was laughing because she knew he was guilty as rape and she was proud that she got a rapist off and these are the people that are now coming forward they're coming at bbc and they're preaching to the world like they got angel wings on their back and it's disgusting and it embarrasses me well rocky here is the linchpin to this whole deal virginia roberts first accused bill clinton in 2011 by the way of having regularly been with now convicted pedo rapist jeffrey ipstein and said that she had seen him with particular underage girls though she did not see sexual activity or participate in it according to a deposition with alan dershowitz roberts described in great detail a dinner with bill clinton and two underage russian women who were offered to bill for sex in 2002 Flight records have proven that Bill Clinton often flew on Epstein's Lolita Express and that mm-hmm. during that during that there was at least 26 flights that Clinton was on. Right. And often he ditched his secret service detail. Right. Now, you're going to an island and, and Jeffrey Epstein he might be worse than Piggy Weinstein. Right. Yep. And you're going to an island where there are underage women and they're having sexual they're having sexual encounters and orgies and all of this stuff going on and there's at least 26 recorded times that Bill Clinton was on that plane. But Man, yet you- I've seen I've seen emails I've seen emails where people are offering up their children. And I'm sorry, but, you know, I can't help. You know, when you start researching this stuff, and I know it's 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 conspiratorial or whatever direction you want to go with it, but you start thinking of Haiti. You start thinking of Pizzagate. You start, when you start understanding the, the pedophiles that roam in Hollywood and in a political system, you start thinking of what we're witnessing today and, and what we're seeing with, with Weinstein. Uh, you can't help but to start thinking about these things. And there's been actors that have came out. That, that guy that was in the Goonies, yeah. he came out and he talked Corey about Feldman. being raped and being molested. Yep. And his, complete, his whole career completely crushed. And now more and more people are coming out in Hollywood saying that their careers were demolished because they had a sexual act that was committed on them. They spoke out against it, and their careers crushed. And people like George Clooney and other big names were the ones to destroy Affleck. those people's careers. Ben, and ben, Affleck. Ben Affleck, Affleck right. which, look, this really saddens me because I am a huge comic book guy. Mm-hmm. I love the Justice League. I want to see that movie. And now you've got Affleck. And it's like, you know, I, I don't like him. By the way, I had this biggest crush on Jennifer Garner, and he married her. So maybe that's why I don't <laughs> like him either. Because I loved Alias and thought she was a very attractive young lady. So I've mm-hmm. always liked Jennifer Garner. And then she married Ben Affleck. And I'm like, why did you do that? He's such a pig. I mean, the guy is in here. He comes. 
in, in, in look, Rocky, as we're winding this down, because we're running out of time here in this first hour, it is amazing to me the hypocrisy mm. that is the Democratic Party and the Hollywood left. And they're all in bed together and they're all interconnected. And this is going to, it, it, my father-in-law said this to me the other day, this reminded him of Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm. And, and, and as we look and we see, and we, and I don't want to get too biblical here, but the end times, and we start seeing right. this garbage of fires and hurricanes, and now we're seeing the incestuousness that is mm. coming out of Hollywood and how it's related to the Democratic Party and watching them going down in flames. It's, man, it, it's so interconnected and so gross in so many ways. And then you have Hillary Clinton lecturing us about Bill Clinton as we sit there and we talked about 25 women who have come out and said that he's a pig, that he's sexually assaulted them. I'm so tired of the way this thing is going down. But, hey, stick around. The cartel, we're just getting started. Hour one in the books. Hour two, Black Rifle Coffee CEO Evan Hafer and former state senator of Arizona Kelly Ward coming up next hour. Interviews you are not going to want to miss. Stick around. Cartel, just getting started here on the Blaze Radio Network. You're in the marketplace of liberty. The conservative cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci on the Blaze Radio Network. You know, I honestly, I, I was not prepared psychologically to go down that road the first hour of the conservative cartel talking about the Clinton crime family, talking about the hypocrisy of Hillary Clinton and the the history of the Clintons. I've been down that road a long time ago, and, and I, I, you know, as, as much as I thought I was ready for it, I was not ready for it. Welcome back to the program. Of course, me, Rocky Stucci, on the other end of the microphone, my brother at arms, Mr. Matt Locke, live right here on the Blaze Radio Network, broadcasting from the Nine Line Apparel Studios. If you want to call in, folks, call in on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, 888 Now, speaking of Black Rifle Coffee, we are honored and privileged to have such an organization stand shoulder to shoulder with the conservative cartel. And on the phone right now, we do have the CEO a Black Rifle Coffee, Evan Hafer. Evan, sir, thank you so much for being on the program. No, no, thank you for letting me be on the program, guys. Holy cow, this is great. Well, Evan, well, I'll tell you- Evan hold on. First of all, yeah. as a cartel, thank you for your service. Yes. First and foremost, thank you for the great things you've done for this country. We here appreciate what you have done. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Uh, when I say it was my pleasure, I actually mean it. It was my pleasure. 20 years of service, and I uh, don't regret it one minute. Well, Evan, we we love having you on here. Tell our audience, give them a little bit of background about yourself and, and why Black Rifle Coffee. Uh, well, I mean, first, can you guys hear me okay? We I'm can hear of, you uh, just I'm fine. Up in the mountains. Yep. Perfect. Uh, so a little bit of background. I I grew up in northern Idaho, out in the middle of the sticks. Uh, my dad was a logger, and uh, I, I just grew to appreciate the country and the freedom that the country provides us. 
I decided I was going to join the military at a young age. And uh, I decided that the place for me was, was going to be special forces. And uh, so moving through, you know, the special forces assessment and selection and things like that for several years, the one thing that I really fell in love with outside of the military was coffee. And uh, I would cruise around to these hipster places <laughs> in the <laughs> early 2000s, you know, a, a new Green Beret trying to find really small batch fine coffees. And, and one thing I realized was that political ideology in, in coffee, it, it was like all these guys were super progressive, like Che Guevara loving people, uh, you know, posters and, you know, Hillary and Clinton. And it was just not, not even close to where I stood, but I still loved the coffee. So I had to kind of go, go into the belly of the beast to get what I wanted. Um, I actually uh, joined the uh, the agency early on, around 2005, 2006, and I was deploying back and forth to Iraq. I spent about five years on the ground in Iraq working, and um, the one thing that I could always replicate was a great cup of coffee. I started roasting my own coffee around 2007, developing my roasts, um, got a nice espresso machine that I could fluctuate temperature and pressure and do all these really cool things with. But the big thing that I wanted was the ability to, to have the same great cup of coffee on the back of my tailgate, whether I was in the Sawtooth Mountains in Idaho or Baghdad, Iraq. I just wanted to be able to have like the best cup of coffee I could everywhere in the world. So I was roasting and developing all this stuff, and, and I was on a range in the middle of Colorado, and I had a carbine on my tailgate. I was teaching a class on advanced tactics, uh, and right next to it was a one-pound roaster, and it just clicked. I was like, you know, Black Rifle Coffee Company, this is what I'm going to do when I leave government service. So uh, I hit the switches in 2014 and invested a whopping $1,800 into it, and I've uh, never looked back. What so I turned the page and transitioned my life. Evan, Matt here. What better thing than mm-hmm. coffee and shooting guns? I mean, come on. Is that not fantastic <laughs> or what? Oh, it's Well, they go together so well. Uh, every morning on the range, you know, that was the first thing, right? It's like the hot coffee pot. And, uh, you know, the, the, the coffee and guns, they just go together, you know, like peanut butter and jelly. Actually better, mm-hmm. I think. But you're not a kid there. Rocky, what? You got a question for Mr. Hafer? Well, you know, I, I was just, well, we're talking about his service. Now, you were saying that you were in both Iraq and Afghanistan? Yeah, yeah. I've, I, I actually have about uh, six and a half years of my life deployed in either Iraq or Afghanistan um, in, a, in a combination of capacities. So I invaded the, the country of Iraq with uh, special forces in 2003. When I came back to Iraq as a contractor with the agency later, and then I kind of ventured out and around with the agency around the world. And uh, when I say agency, it was the CIA. And uh, so I have a, a substantial amount of time overseas. Man. You know, I was, I was wondering, uh, because I, I've had a lot of friends both in Afghanistan and Iraq, and, and have you had a, a difference in – global views views within the people uh you know do you within the country and patriotism uh from your experiences uh within being in afghanistan and iraq uh, there was this huge heightened amount of patriotism right after 9 11 and then it seems like we've yeah. lost it um so when you've gotten back have you seen a decline in patriotism 
uh, or have you seen uh, an increase in patriotism? And what are your thoughts in, in the overall perspective of where we're sitting today in regards to uh, anti-American rhetoric in our country? Right. Well, I'll tell you guys, I've got a conflicted view on this. And, uh, you know, we, we've been at war for quite a while now in Afghanistan and Iraq. And, mm-hmm. and you're, you're not going to find a man that will bleed, you know, more red, white, and blue. But the lack of patriotism is directly due to the bureaucrats in Washington because right. the American public, they have war fatigue. And, you know, we had eight years of just sitting in the quicksand and quagmire of like lawyer war is what I call it in Afghanistan or Central Asia. And what, what I mean by that is war is a zero-sum game. You win or you lose, and you have to take it to the enemy every day. You're not going to win it by you know digging wells and <laughs> shaking hands with village elders. Right. You have to go out, and, and, and literally you have to bomb people into submission. And when I say that, I'm not trying to be – you know, uh, uh, such a hawk, but this war should have been ended years ago. And after the, the, the planes hit the Twin Towers, we should have went into Central Asia with such a, a, a vengeance of violence that the world would have literally recoiled at the actions that we put into that country. Mm-hmm. But instead, what we've done is we've made this an exercise of expenditure in American taxpayer dollars because bureaucrats will not get off their asses to win a war. And I'll tell you what, roll back the clock like 50 years, those men had medal to win a war. The suits and ties in Washington right now, they don't have it. They don't have the stomach for it. Mattis does, and maybe our current president does, but for eight years, they don't have the stomach to barely get up and tie their shoes in the morning because they don't live in reality. That's my perspective. Well, and Evan, that's a great perspective. And we're running up here against the first break in the next 90 seconds or so. So we're going to hold you over for one more segment. And I want to fill this in. You're absolutely right. I mean, we went through an eight-year span of the Obama administration where he was stuck. He was stuck. Afghanistan was going on. Iraq was winding down. He had made political promises to bring people home. And and, and we literally continued to let our enemies know that we were going to be leaving. We let them know what we were doing. We conveyed that sentiment all the time. We got into a point where we were fighting a war in the mainstream media. I mean, everything that happened was broadcast across the world. Hey, Afghanistan. Hey, Iraq. We're going to pull our guys out in the next six months. And here's the date. So if you just hang on, here's what will happen. And you guys can have your country back instead of going in there with what you said and doing that shock and awe. Coming back there with just such a, a, a response that these these animals and yes that's what i called them wouldn't have crawled out of their caves for about a hundred years that's what should have happened but in the next segment i want to get into some stuff here evan because your guys's youtube page is literally the most fantastic thing i've ever seen the (laughs) least pc thing i mean you might be less pc than us Uh, that that's hard to believe because we've been called (laughs) too conservative for talk radio but fantastic so hang tight we've got the ceo of black rifle coffee on the line evan hafer don't go anywhere we're gonna we're gonna finish up this interview in the next segment
You're listening to The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, welcome back to the program this Saturday alongside of the emotional meatball, Rocky Stucci. I am Matt Locke. You are listening to The Conservative Cartel. Live on the Blaze Radio Network as we come to you from the Nine Line Apparel Studios. If you'd like to be part of the program, give us a call. The Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, 888-900-3393. And speaking of that, we've got CEO of Black Rifle Coffee, Evan Hafer, on the line. Evan, thank you for hanging over the break. We wanted to give you as much time as possible. They Look. Yeah. Get out to BlackRifleCoffee.com. Use Cartel 10 today, and you will get 10% off of fantastic coffee. Mm. And by the way, Evan, if you can find it in your heart to send Ron and I some caffeinated as <laughs> F coffee, I'd like to try it. <laughs> Just say Yeah, it's good. I, you know, I, I will absolutely send that out. I think... Where we left off, I wanted to just jump back into this is patriotism in the in the country, which is, you know, the, the 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 bureaucrats and specifically when I look at the other side, they they are directly responsible for I think this lack and or this, this degradation of patriotism in the United States, mm. because what they're doing is is they want to push self-loathing on the United States, right? Victim status. And yes, they. Now, you know, that doesn't mean that, that Americans don't love their country. It just means that they're not proud of some of the things that, that they're doing on a daily basis. And I'll tell you one thing is, like, when I, when I heard Trump saying, you know, let's, let's drain the swamp, my gosh, man, my heart was lifted and full. I was like, there are absolutely Americans that are willing to, you know, pick up the mantle and carry it forward. And I see this every day where we've got to fight this this bureaucratic necessity to just kind of uh, push self-loathing or American or anti-Americanism onto the country. And I think, you know, that propaganda from the mainstream media, that absolutely contributes to the, the degradation of patriotism in America. And we've got to fight against that. You know, no. that's, that's a big, that's part of my responsibility as a business owner is to fight against that uh, every day. And Evan, you do it well. We've got Evan Hafer, CEO of the Black Rifle Coffee Company, in the hotline, by the way, 888-900-3393. But Evan, your patriotism shines through. And, and I want to I wanna touch base with you and get on a little lighter note here because we've been talking some heavy yeah, stuff. Please. Your YouTube channel is absolutely yeah. fantastic. Matt Best there, the commercials, the videos you do. Ron and I have been sitting around for the last four days putting commercials together for our, you know, our online Facebook Live stuff that we're playing you during the breaks. But who comes up with the creative of this? How do you do this kind of stuff? Because there, look, first of all, I'm going to give a little um, disclaimer. They're nowhere near yeah. PC. They're, they're, so <laughs> if you have children, I wouldn't allow them to, re, to go to the YouTube page. I mean, right. you've got cursing. You've got some very attractive mm -hmm. women walking around talking about your coffee. But how did you come up with this stuff? Where, where does this inspiration come from? Well, it's a celebration of freedom, guys. Like this is, you know, Black Rifle Coffee is a, it, it's, it's about fun and freedom and the celebration of, of America. So, 
you know, I'm fighting corporate culture. I'm fighting PC. So when we put out a video that's like, we look at it as funny and most of the people within our subculture. And really, I think a lot of people within America believe that it's funny. And I, I, when we, when we put out that challenge on YouTube and most of our creative is all in-house and we'll sit at a desk and we'll say, what do we think is funny? Like we don't outsource any of this. We don't like go to advertising executives. It's me, Matt Best, Jared Taylor, a group of guys sitting at a table going, what do we think is funny? And let's push the limits. And most of the time, YouTube or Facebook will define what that line in the sand is. Right. But we like to go step all the way up and over that line. And we've done it. You know, we've had a lot of videos pulled. But I think it's really interesting that, you know, Saturday Night Live can come out with just about anything they want. Right. And that's like on a major network. But we can't, you know, we, we can't. We can't make fun of subculture or, or specific identification issues within, you know, America. So we can't make fun of this, like, you know, everybody wanting to identify as like a different species or something because that's seen as like derogatory. But Saturday Night Live can every night, right? Right. Uh, and for us, it's really just the celebration of the First Amendment. Let's have fun. Let's really push the envelope and, and really get kind of people thinking in the aspects of like, is this funny? If it isn't, you don't have to watch. You right. Know? You Turn don't the really channel. have to watch, but right. we think it is. Right. Turn the channel. Evan, I'll tell you what. The cartel is ready and at your disposal for the next YouTube Black Rifle Coffee video. I'm in. Let's do it. But Rocky, <laughs> go ahead. Hit him, hit him with some questions. Well, you know, no, that's I'm, I'm sitting here thinking and, and I was telling Matt during the break of it that I, I mean, I could sit. I, I do a lot of research in regards to the Middle East and, and war conflicts yeah. and history. But you also see, there's so many things that you're bringing up that I could talk to you for hours about. Um, you know, you're exactly right, though, when you're in reference to your YouTube channel. It's amazing the vile activities that can be put on social media. It's amazing the things that we can see in some of these protests that actually get promoted by big media. And then you get somebody who's more of a conservative, somebody who's a patriot, is more now labeled a radical, uh, is more attacked. And you look at what YouTube's doing, what Google's doing, and how they're suppressing voices like ours, videos like ours, shows like ours. And it's discouraging to me, but I, you know, I, I don't mean to jump back into uh, what we were talking about earlier, but I do have a question because I've done a lot of research in regards to Benghazi. And you, yeah. with your experience uh, with with what you've done in the military and then what you've done after you left the military as in, in the private sector, uh, what is your overall outtake or your look or your views in regards to Benghazi and, and, and the outcome of that? Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, I worked with those guys very closely. Chris Pronto is a good friend yeah. of mine. We did a, several deployments together. And, uh, you know, Benghazi was a failure of a, a lot of different issues. And I'm looking at it from uh, the context of the bureaucratic mechanism and their lack of ability to identify with, with reality. Well, what does that mean, right? The State Department was not prepared to conduct their mission within a war zone because the State Department likes to bury their head in the sand mm -hmm. and pretend that what they're doing is safe when it's not. This right. is, you know, Libya was a failed state. Like, you know, it was toppled. We had, uh, you know, ISIS and Al-Qaeda and all kinds of different terrorism groups that were pursuing the, 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 the seat of power in a power vacuum. 
And when you look at those things, you have to say, okay, if the State Department is going to operate within a war zone, what do they need in order to succeed? Well, I'll tell you what, guys, you can't just give somebody a slingshot and, and tell them to defend against an RPG. You need right. heavy weapons. You know, there's, right. a, there's something called fire superiority that's been established for a couple hundred years. I'm not I mean, roughly right that you have to be able to defeat the enemy with a superior fire power. Right. We know this. Well, if you go into a war zone and you're carrying a pocket knife when your enemy has an RPG, you better be willing to die. That's all I got to say. And the failure of the State Department. In conjunction with with our government our, our government officials to understand reality, and that's my biggest issue with the government at this point, is if we're going to play in these war zones, we have to fundamentally understand what we're doing, and we have to pack the punch that will defeat the enemy first time go. And there was there would have been no overrun of the consulate if the State Department security guys would have been prepared for war and they weren't they were prepared for individual like close protection ops mm -hmm. that's what they were prepared for if the cia's base weren't there the guys weren't there to protect it and they didn't have advanced training with weapons the entire bases would have been overrun right but that's my two cents with it which is that it is a failure a complete failure and the and the lack of responsibility and the ability for government officials to take responsibility and for people to be fired that is egregious. Men died there. I'll tell you what, guys. If somebody orders, uh, uh, you know, a couple pallets of coffee and they come off and and something's wrong and it kills a few people in my warehouse, I'm going to fire a bunch of people. How many people were fired in Benghazi? None. Exactly. Zero. And yeah. that's the problem, Evan. Boy, you laid it out that's so the amazing. Problem. Yeah, that's that's amazingly said. And look, Evan, we're out of time. I mean, two segments oh, okay. fly by. Look, from the cartel, from me, Rocky and Ron, thank you, sir, for hanging your freedom around our program and sponsoring the show. We are a huge fan. You have an open door policy with this program. Anybody you want to send, please do so. We've enjoyed the conversation this morning. And I'm going to tell every one of you out there, Head over to BlackRifleCoffee.com, buy their product, use Cartel 10 to get 10% off. It's fantastic. It's veteran-owned. They're patriotic, great people. Evan, thank you so much. Thanks, Evan. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Surely appreciate your time. Evan Hafer, CEO, BlackRifleCoffee.com. You can, he's He's the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, 888-900-3393 to get into the program. Rocky, I want to give a shout-out. Our, our, our cartel page on Facebook. By the way, get over there and like the Facebook page. We got that going on right now. We've got two people. Uh, Christopher Bertram just came in and said, look, first-time listener, love you guys. And then Excellent. Ryan March, certainly appreciate it. Former ranger big supporter of nine line loves the show thanks guys we certainly appreciate it. that's why we do this this is exactly why we do this program we are of the people and for the people we are just like you guys out there we, we love what we do we love our country as does evan hafer and in, in look we appreciate and we we can't say enough how much we appreciate his his service 
right. in, in what he's done for this great country. And I'll tell you what, I was told, and I didn't bring this up in the conversation, but he's like a ninja. He like trains. <laughs> no, no, seriously. He like trained pronto in those guys. That's what his position was in special ops. He was the trainer. So little dude could tear you a new one. And well, I got a message in the Prano too. I got God a message in the Chris Prano too to try to get him on the show as well to to share with people his his real firsthand experience, you know, in Benghazi, man. I love it. Hang around, guys. Dr. Kelly Ward from the great state of Arizona is joining us next, so don't go anywhere as the conservative cartel rolls along on the Blaze Radio Network. is the conservative cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci only on the Blaze Radio Network You know again we like to thank Evan Hafer Black Rifle Coffee for coming on the program. I was telling Matt during the break, I could spend hours uh, with uh, individuals such as himself uh, talking about their experiences within the Middle East and, and their political views and their patriotic views. It's such an honor to have Black Rifle Coffee stand shoulder to shoulder with the conservative cartel to help us get the voices out, to help us be able to turn these microphones on, to be able to reach out to the masses. So again, thank you, Evan Hafer, for coming on the program for Black Rifle Coffee. Welcome back to the program, folks. The conservative cartel, uh, you can catch us on the Blaze Radio Network, broadcasting live from the Nine Line of Perils. You want to call in, 888-900-3393. If you want to watch the program, just go to YouTube, or I'm sorry, go to Facebook, and search the conservative cartel you can watch the live stream there and make sure you click that like button follow the page as we have a lot of very big things coming up that we can keep everybody up to date on and that is where we source our information but now man i'm really excited because in the past you've interviewed dr kelly ward a couple of times yes sir i've heard her on wowo and i've heard her on the conservative cartel and i wanted the opportunity to to have this uh, I got questions. I got questions. I got a lot of questions, Matt Locke. Yeah, you do. But uh, so with that being said, uh, it is my honor to welcome to the conservative cartel this Saturday morning, Dr. Kelly Ward. Welcome to the program. Hey, guys. It's so good to be here with you. Good morning. My favorite soon-to-be senator of the great state of Arizona. How are you doing, Miss Ward? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's been a busy whirlwind a uh, hmm. couple of months that, you know, the, the president tweeted out positively about me, negatively yeah. about Jeff Flake, and things have just, uh, you know, snowballed in such a positive, positive way so that we can change Washington. Well, and as it should, you know, Dr. Ward or Kelly, can I call you Kelly? Of course. Absolutely. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> well, we've always enjoyed having you on, and we're going to try to not cause a kerfluffle today like we did the last time I had you yeah, on. No, no national, you know, uh, media storms that you are know, negative. Now, positive ones are all welcome. I, I love it. I love it. But, you know, I want to talk about that a little bit because you're getting attacked, and you're going to get attacked because you actually have a backbone. Mm -hmm. you stand for your values and your beliefs you've been you've came out and you've said look i'm a trump supporter i believe we should be doing what he's trying to get done i believe in you know cutting illegal immigration and building the wall and you talk about it all the time 
have the attacks gotten worse or what's going on? What's the what, what's happening on the ground of the Dr. Kelly Ward campaign? Well, you know, CNN hasn't attacked me lately. They haven't made up any fake news uh, like they did after our, our interview a few months back. But, um, yeah, the, the attacks are still coming. In fact, Mitch McConnell and the Senate Leadership Fund has already spent tens of thousands of dollars here in Arizona, on, on the ground in Arizona, over a year in advance. Now, So it started before now because now we're about a year out. Sure. But uh, attacking me, basically using the same stale – uh, proven wrong ads that John McCain and the Grassroots Action Pack used. And really, it's just, it continues to make me stronger because the people have wisened up. They've right. gotten smarter. They've gotten more savvy. They understand the message that, that the media and that the establishment, Republican and Democrat, are trying to put out in order to maintain the status quo. And so we've gotten better at fending off those attacks. We have more resources, so we're able to combat the caricature that, that John McCain and the establishment has tried to create about me. And, uh, and people know that I am a strong woman with a backbone, with a conservative heart, who wants to go to Washington, D.C. for a short period of time and do the job that isn't being done right now, but that the people are crying out to be done. Go ahead, Rocky. Jump in here. I, I, you know, when you were just talking, I, there was like three questions that popped in my mind. But I, I want to ask you something on a very serious, serious tone that, that draws a huge concern with me in regards to our nation right now. Um, something that we push on this show a lot, Kelly, is the difference between a democracy and a republic. Uh -huh. uh, a lot of people think that we are a country that is ran by a mob, a mob rule. And, you know, we look at what's happening in the state of California, and we look at now California as of January 1st becoming a sanctuary state. Now, technically, we have an immigration problem. This, it's not that we're anti-immigrant, but we respect the land of law. As a republic, we are a land of law. And so California converts itself into a sanctuary state, which is they're going to harbor illegal immigrants in this country. And when we look at the demographics of illegals in this country, we know California being one of them, but Arizona being another, where you do get a flux of illegals that come into your state. Um, what is your future prognosis? First, two-part question. What's your opinion on what California is doing? Are they setting a new precedent uh, towards other states on going against the federal government by making themselves a sanctuary state? And do you foresee this coming up as a challenge for you in the future with the state of Arizona? Well, you know, I, I think it's just really disgusting that California would go down this path because one of the, the enumerated powers of the federal government is to, to assure the sovereignty of our nation, right, to protect our borders and to have a strong military. Amen. And for California to basically flaunt, you know, flout our laws is um, – is unacceptable. Now, I will say that we in Arizona do welcome all of the people that are going to have to flee from California who are producers, who are workers, who want to be valuable members of, of society. Not saying that people who come here illegally don't want that, but they have to know right. the way to start off on the right foot is to come the right way. Right. I don't care where you're from. I don't care if you were, were born here or if you legally came to this country. If you are a hard worker and you want to prosper, Welcome to Arizona. Come on over. But if you're somebody that wants to sneak in in the dark of night and take something that doesn't belong to you, then, then uh, you know, I'm not for you. <laughs> uh, I, I see that, that California is going to have some big trouble. I wonder about what's going to happen with the Olympics, right? L.A. Yeah. has the Olympics mm -hmm. in 2028. Will they be afford, able to afford 
to host the mm. world in L.A. if they have people who do not contribute to the, the, the tax base, who are not here legally, who don't um, – don't stand up for America. For goodness sakes, the, um, the Olympics personify the United States of America and its greatness. Um, we welcome the world to come, but we're there to show off our stuff. And so I, I'm very worried about what California is trying to do, and I hope that there are people that are strong enough in the federal government who will stand up and say, no, no, that is not federalism. That is, um, you know, that is anti-American, and we have to come together as a country if we want to move in the right direction. Well, Kelly, on that two-part question, what do you see that affecting your home state of Arizona? I know you're right down there on the border. When we were out at fair where we met you, we talked to the border agents there who were working in Arizona. How does that affect your state in particular? Well, it affects it affects our state uh, in particular. It also affects the rest of the country, but it affects illegal immigration and our poorest border affect every aspect of our society. It affects education. It affects health care. It affects public safety. It affects our correction system. And it affects our very American culture. And so that's why it's so important to build the wall. You know, you know I like to say, mix the mortar to fix the border. That's what I'm ready to do. Um, and it isn't just a physical barrier, because there are people that are concerned. Oh, my gosh, what about the water? What about the, the uh, animals that need to right. go back and forth? Well, the, the engineering that's going to be done on this wall is going to be spectacular and it's not going to lead to those kinds of problems. And it's not just going to be a physical barrier. It's also going to include technology. It's going to include empowering that Border Patrol to do their job, giving them the money and the manpower to get it done, to stop people from coming in illegally. And the last piece is the accountability piece. The employers have to be held accountable. People who hire illegal workers have to have consequences. And people who come into the country the wrong way have to expect consequences rather than rewards. If we do those four things, we will go a long way to securing the border and stopping the madness that's been happening in our country. You are such a breath of fresh Man. air. Do you know that, Kelly Man. Ward? You are such – it is so amazing <laughs> to sit here and have a conversation with a politician, which I don't even call – I don't even consider you a politician. I consider you. you my friend. We, we met you personally. we got one minute left, Kelly, so we're going to hold okay. you over to the next segment. I want to get into tax reform. I want to get into tax reform. I want to get into the do-nothing Congress. I want to get into this master plan that Donald Trump has brought on because there's a lot of stuff currently going on in this country that is setting on the plate of the, of the Congress that just isn't getting done. So we've got on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline – Dr. Kelly Ward from the great state of Arizona. She's running against Jeff Flake. She's way up in the polls. We may talk about that here in the next segment as well. She is kicking his hiney all over the state of Arizona, <laughs> for those of you listening out there, and a friend of the cartel. And by the way, the only candidate that the cartel has ever endorsed. So stick around. The cartel is rolling on as we continue to talk to the great State Senator Dr. Kelly Ward from Arizona. Be right back. The Conservative Cartel will return on the Blaze Radio Network.
Well, welcome back. Alongside a Rocky Stucci, the emotional meatball, I'm Matt Locke, your voice of liberty, and you have found the conservative cartel this Saturday. We are live on the Nine Line, we're live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios on the Blaze Radio Network. If you'd like to be part of the program, you can call the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, 888-900-3393. Now, during the break, Rocky and I were talking, and, and we've got the great... Dr. Kelly Ward from the state of Arizona, who is primarying against Jeff Flake, the rhino. And I, I was telling Rocky, I wish we had a hundred more Kelly Wards. Mm-hmm. I really do. And I want to welcome back to the program on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, Dr. Kelly Ward. Kelly, we need about a hundred more of you. <laughs> I, I mean, we really do. It, it is fantastic to finally run into people that care about this country and you talked a little bit about you know the right attacking you the senate uh the senate fund there the republican senate fund spending money mitch mcconnell going after you they spent 30 million dollars in the state of alabama to go after roy moore who is a rip rock conservative and here we are with you and we talked about the fear the fear in Washington, D.C. of actually sending quality people into that swamp to drain it. And when we were talking last segment, I wanted to get to a couple things here. I want to get your opinion on this do-nothing Congress for one. I mean, we haven't gotten Obamacare done. We haven't gotten the wall built or money funded for it yet, even though we got prototypes going up. I've seen the articles, but no money for the wall yet. We've got tax reform sitting in there. DACA, the Deferred Action on Childhood Arrivals, got thrown back into Congress. And now just yesterday we talked on the program, Kelly, of decertifying the Iran nuclear deal, which goes back to Congress. So in your opinion, what in the world is going on in Congress? Uh, Well, I have to say, thank goodness for Donald J. Trump, that he is delivering on the promises that he made, because I know that you guys had some concerns before the election, as did did many Americans, but I can say he is doing a heck of a job. Yes, he is. Um, And and it's not all of Congress. That's what you have to remember, too, because the House, and especially the Freedom Caucus, has sent, I think, over 280 bills. 373 bills, Kelly. Okay, 373 right now, over to the Senate, the do-nothing Senate. And that's why we need at least 100 more like me. Well, 99. There you um, go. <laughs> because maybe there's a few that are still in there that are doing the job. I will, I, you know, I'm glad Ted Cruz is there. I'm glad Rand Paul yes. is there. Even, you know, even with some of the, the issues that he has with the president. Right. Um, you know, th- there are still some good ones that are there. But we need, we need an army of um, yeah, we do. good people who are going to stop this. Um, you know, I'm been, I've been watching the health care bill, you know, and, and yeah. they've done nothing. They promised it. They promised it for, for years, almost a right. decade, to yeah. repeal Obamacare. And thank goodness that, that President Trump was willing to allow us to purchase insurance across state lines, yeah. uh, get rid of some of the mandates, all the things that our Republican so-called representatives were supposed to do, but were unwilling. That's why we've got to get new blood into Washington. That's why a new generation of GOP leaders will be there after 2018. Well, Kelly, I'll tell you, as I'm looking at our Facebook page, and head over to the Conservative Cartel Facebook page, give that thing a like if you're listening to the show this morning. 
getting a hey, lot hey, of. Matt, I'm I'm looking at it at this at right now. I love I've been it. Looking at it, I've been interacting. I want to say hi, Rob. Hi, Jules. There you go. Hi, Janice. You are you are a cartel member. There. Yeah, boy. there you are. But look, <laughs> there are people out there in Arizona that are watching Kelly, and with the platform we've got you on today, it's a little bigger than the cartel platform was a couple months ago. But people out there are you really resonate your your politics in in your genuineness and, and i'm going to tell people i met you out in washington dc you and your family and i have to say you guys are fantastic people you are who you are You're, yeah. you 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 had great conversations with us and i was so impressed with not only how intelligent your whole family is and yourself included but how passionate you are about our country you don't when you came and we interviewed you at fair you didn't bring any notes you literally sat there for 30 minutes on our show and you spoke from your heart and people understand that they hear it and they get that so let's talk a little bit where what is your position on this whole tax reform deal that president trump has brought out I definitely think it's it's a good start. I think that that eventually the tax code needs to be a lot fairer and a lot flatter. I you know I am a fan of the of the fair tax, but I think it's kind of become a political um, ploy where people sign on to the fair tax and they say they're for it, but then whenever it comes up to actually bring it forward as an option, it's kind of left off the table. Um, no. But I also don't trust the federal government to actually get rid of the income tax. So right. there, there is a rub there. So I think that decreasing the corporate tax rate is a great, a great start, and it should be easy to accomplish. And what people have to understand, you know, because the left wants us all to think that if you do that, it's just going to be- benefit fat cats, big corporations. But whenever we lower the corporate tax rate, it actually raises wages for American workers, and it decreases prices right. for all of us as consumers. And I think that's what we all want. So we can't be misled by, by the liberal lies. We have to understand we need to fight for this. We need to fight for this tax reform because it's going to be- benefit all of us, the middle class, the, the people who are struggling, the working poor, as well as the, the people who are creating jobs that are very wealthy. You know, that's a huge point because, man, we almost we replicated exactly what you said in regards to the corporations and and bringing jobs back to this country and and hourly wages, because right now people feel privileged that they're making twelve dollars an hour. But Kelly, I got just a quick question for you. There's two things all week. I've been trying to think of what are the two best questions I can ask you, because this is uh, my first opportunity to be able to talk with you. Uh, You know, we were looking at the Democratic side in regards to DACA and amnesty. Uh, okay, so we have that topic that is on the hot plate. I get that. Uh, but something that draws concern to me, even at a personal level, because I do public speaking, I speak at schools against bullying, and then I work with inner city youth. Mm-hmm. I, I'm looking at a lot of our structures within our country, within our inner cities. I see a lot of these kids in the inner cities that struggle, that have nothing. I see this drug epidemic that has completely taken over our streets, whether it be heroin, whether it be pharmaceuticals, no matter what it may be. Uh, it keeps going up and up and up. We're seeing more and more suicides. We're seeing more and more overdoses. Uh, when we're looking at the deterioration of our inner cities, but yet we seem to focus, not we, but the Democratic side seems to focus more on uh, amnesty and DACA and so many people. And I don't mean to come out to sound cruel when I say this, but a lot of these people that they're focusing on uh, either are not American citizens or they're here legally, while legal American citizens are slowly crumbling spiritually, financially, 
and you know whether it be drug related jobs hourly wages living on the streets homelessness um what what is a way we can focus our attention back on to helping the inner city youth giving them opportunities and starting to amplify uh, the success rate again in this country Right. You know, I think that that's one of the reasons that President Trump won is because he did resonate in those inner city areas, in those working class neighborhoods, because they have he exposed what the Democrats were doing to them. I think Dinesh D'Souza did a great job Mm -hmm. in his movie exposing what what the left and what the progressive liberal wing of the Democrat Party has done to to that population. And um, I think that giving giving them hope and giving and showing them that they have equal opportunity, that they are not victims, that that um, that we get we change that mentality. But we also have to put America first. That's that's one of the mantras of of President Trump and of the candidates who are running to support his efforts. America first also means you know spending our resources uh, uh, on American citizens who are struggling, whether Amen. it's inner city youth or uh, you know our veteran population, many who uh, of whom are homeless. Um, we we have a limited you know amount of resources, and we should be prioritizing those people first. Um, and, Kelly, and securing our borders so I, that we don't have illegals to have to take I care. I don't of. want to interrupt you, but we have one no. minute left. Tell everybody where they can find you, how they can contribute. How do they get to you? Well, my website is kellyward.com, K-E-L-L-I-W-A-R-D.com. You can do almost everything there. You can sign up to volunteer if you're in Arizona. You can sign up for updates so that we can send you emails, not just for you, the choir, but for you to send on to your less-informed friends so that they know who to vote for come Election Day. Wonderful. Kelly, we're coming out with new cartel T-shirts. We will have one in the mail as soon as we have it. Thank you. Dr. Kelly Ward from the great state of Arizona. Get out and find her. She is fantastic, and she is endorsed by the conservative cartel. Hang tight. We'll be right back. This is the conservative cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Exactly what the cartel is here this Saturday. As we are live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios on the Blaze Radio Network. If you'd like to be part of the program, we've got one hour left. I mean, we've had two fantastic hours. But if you want to be part of this program, want to tell us what you think, or our two great guests, Evan Hafer, CEO of Black Rifle Coffee, or Dr. Kelly Ward from the great state of Arizona. We appreciate them coming on. But if you want to call the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, triple eight. 900-3393 to join the program alongside of the emotional meatball, the the godfather of conservative talk radio, the clown punisher, Rocky Stucci. Rocky, I need more nicknames. I, I only got one, the voice of liberty. You're, you got like all of these nicknames, which are fantastic, by the way, and it just completely... We got to come up with a nickname for me other than the voice of liberty. I need another one or two or three. We need to wear them like pins or something, you know. But anyway, two great hours. Let's get into this third hour because we're actually, we say this all the time on the cartel. We say it all the time. We would love to come onto the program and talk about some good news. 
We, we, we would love to come on here and talk about some things happening. We don't, we don't want to come to the microphones weekly and then, of course, every Saturday on The Blaze. But it'd be nice every now and then to come on to the show and, and talk about good, happy things happening. And we're going to do that today. We're going to use this segment. But first, head over to the Conservative Cartel Facebook page. Give us a like. we still got one more hour. We appreciate all of you have done that. Tell your friends, family, your coworkers, everybody who will listen that you're part of the cartel family. But uh, I've got a couple stories, Rocky, that we're going to talk about here in the first couple segments. We've got the Dow Jones Industrial is at an all-time high. Consumer sediment surges to a 13-year high. And U.S. job openings hit record high. I mean, if you start looking at these articles, America is going in the right direction. Things are happening that are turning around the tide of the eight years of stagnation that we lived through with Barack Obama. Right. And I want to get into some things that you're just not going to hear about on the mainstream media because... They're not going to tell you. I mean, it should it, be saturated all over the mainstream. Well, shouldn't it be saturated? Well, I, and I want you to think about it, because if these things were happening during Barack Obama's presidency, they would be front page news. They'd be running on a continuous twenty four seven cycle of of look what Barack Obama has done. Oh my God. The economy's kicking, jobs are up, unemployment's down, the stock market's huge. It's fantastic. You should be kneeling and praising the Messiah, the great Messiah, because he right. has come and he's the second coming of Christ. He, he's the <laughs> best thing that's ever happened to this country. It, but we don't hear that because, right. of course, Donald Trump is the president. And, and I want to point, I want to get to an article here that I find. Very interesting. Marketwatch.com. I pulled this off last night before the show. And the headline is, Consumer Sediment Surges to a 13-Year High in October. Now, this was written by Steve Goldstein, who is a D.C. Bureau Chief from Market Watch. And it says, look, we're at a 13-Year High. 101.1 in October, up from 95.1 in September. Now, they were only expecting... That to be around 95. So it's unexpected. You know, I, I always giggle at that, Rocky Stucci, because you always hear these, these analysts whose whole day revolves around actuarial tables of numbers of what the economy is going to do, and they throw all these numbers in. And these people are always shocked when a different number comes out than what they expected. It's like, that's your job. Right. How, how are you shocked by that? But I, I want to read a sentence here that you and I need to go back and forth on because it's not a very long article. It's about a page. It says the numbers, what happened in the big picture, right? So under what happened, listen to this sentence. The economic expansion after eight years is finally being noticed. Hmm. You see how they wrote that? Mm-hmm. has nothing to do with Donald Trump, has nothing to do with taking regulations off the table and letting these companies flourish, has nothing to do with cleaning up the EPA, has nothing to do with Donald Trump in the White House and executive orders and cleaning out the garbage that Barack Obama left. Marketwatch.com wants you to believe that this economy right now is because of the last eight years of Barack Obama. <laughs> I mean, what do you say to that? 
Let, let me point something out here really quick. So I remember it was a few months ago, Matt, that there was this big argument. No, I'm sorry. It's probably longer than that now because this was still when I believe Obama was in office. Everybody was talking about all these jobs that Obama brought into office. And it was bothering me because a lot of people were having this argument based off of, again, like we say all the time, emotions is because what they're fed, they're spoon fed, right? So I went in and I, I started data collecting information. I started data collecting uh, employment uh, percentages from 2007 all the way up until 2000. And I think the, the last year I could get was 2015. Right. And so I don't have the actual numbers right in front of me. So I'm just kind of going off the whim here. Uh, so let's give an example. So I did every single month for every single one of those years. And it averaged from 4.4, 4.3, 4.5, 4.1. And so what you've seen was between, I believe it was 2007 to 2010, you've seen a major drop in employment. So that means the un unemployment was going through the roof. We, it, was, it was skyrocketing. And then there were some changes within our country to where we started gaining some of those jobs back. And now if you go back to when we started getting some of those jobs back, uh, this was when Obama started campaigning the amount of jobs that he was bringing back right. to the How country. How many he saved. <clears throat> How right. many he saved. But here's the thing that people really need to understand, that within the full eight years of Obama's presidency, and I challenge anybody to go do the actual data logging and do the actual research, because you will find the exact same results as I got, is that there was only a one-tenth of a percent increase and jobs in this country. Wait, 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 wait. One tenth of a percent? It went from like 4.3 to 4.4 because it dropped down to, I think it was like 3.8. And again, I don't have the exact numbers. And then he brought it back from like 3.8 back up to 4.4% uh, of the unemployment rate. So in the entire eight years, there was only a one tenth of a percent gain in jobs in the Obama presidency. But here's something that we talk about all the time, Matt, is the perception, is right. how media sells us the Kool-Aid. That's right. So you go back and you start seeing when we started gaining some of those percentages back during the Obama presidency, this is when he started coming out. And you can find these YouTube videos talking about he just another 0.5% increase in jobs in this country, another 1% increase in the jobs in this country, completely misleading the American people because he wasn't talking about how far we dropped off the map in regards to the amount of jobs in this country right. or how high unemployment was going up. They were just telling people how much it's it's increasing, and at the end of the day, it only went up one-tenth of a percent in eight years. Now, you compare to what we're witnessing now. Right, what Trump's eight doing, months. Did Obama ever have a record-breaking uh, within the stock market record-breaking levels? Has, has has Obama ever experienced what our economy is experiencing right now? But no, what we hear Obama, Obama did nothing but give excuses on how how he walked into this this presidency from the the, the Bush administration completely put him in a bad oh, position financially. Right, right, and, right. You well, know, and that's all we ever heard. And so you see this transformation. And if you really want to talk about being thrown into a hornet's nest, we can do that same comparison Obama did with Bush in regards to what Trump 
is experiencing with the Obama administration because what Trump's doing right now is actually trying to give America back to America. What Trump right. is trying to do right now is actually trying to give jobs back to the American worker because after all, Matt, when you talk about the American dream, after all, Matt, when we talk about why our forefathers came to this country is because at that time, Industrial Revolution, there were jobs in this country. There was opportunity. Right. A single man could take care of his family, pay his mortgage, right. own a car, send his kids to school. Now you have a mother and a father both working two jobs just to be broke and when you have somebody like trump trying to give that back to us and he's getting condemned for it he's getting demonized for it that just tells me how far we fell off the map and this exactly explains me why i support donald trump man and that couldn't be it couldn't say it better rocky stucci and it's it's exactly right it, it is right on point of people well these politicians on the left are mad that trump is showing the folks here the great americans that it can be done and he's not a politician look we're up against right. it yet again don't go anywhere on the other side we're going to talk about some of these fires here we're going to continue with the good news in the economy and we might get to some gun policies or gun control or whatever the left wants to call that you're listening to the conservative cartel this saturday as we march on so don't go anywhere we'll be back you're in the marketplace of liberty the conservative cartel on the blaze radio network Well, welcome back to the program, the Conservative Cartel Broadcasting on the Blaze Radio Network, live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios. If you want to call in, folks, call in on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, 888-933-93. Now, last hour, folks, last hour we had Kelly Ward on the program, but we also had Evan Hafer, uh, who is the CEO of Black Rifle Coffee. Now, Black Rifle Coffee Company will provide premium products deliver the highest quality customer experience and serve as the premier coffee company to the conservative customer while honoring those who protect, defend, and support our communities and our country. Again, folks, that is Black Rifle Coffee. Visit their site, blackriflecoffee.com. Put in code CARTEL10 to get 10% off your purchase. Uh, Matt Locke, before we started the show today, I said that I wanted to. I wanted to bring something up real yes, quick. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, we we talk vigorously about world events. We've been talking about Texas, Florida, right. Puerto Rico. Uh, we've been talking. We talked a lot about what's happening in Vegas. Uh, but there's something that it's it's something rubbed me wrong yesterday. Something rubbed me wrong in regards to what's happening in Florida, and we're up to 32 deaths right now in Florida. Uh, There's still well over 100 people plus easily, I'm being conservative on that number, that are still missing in the fires that have completely savaged the state of California. And again, we talk about narrative. We talk about what media wants to talk about. Obviously, Matt Locke, that fires don't get enough clicks to websites. No. Shootings do, hurricanes do, because then they can attack the president. But here we are. We have hundreds of families without a home, 
without not even a two by four left of their home because it is complete ashes. We have people still missing from the fires that have savaged California. Now let's not forget something else. We talk about how heroic people are. We talk about the heroism within the law enforcement, first responders, firefighters in Vegas. We talked about the heroism in regards to Texas and Florida and Puerto Rico. But where is the mainstream media talking about the hundreds of firefighters that are still putting fires out, that are still 70% out of control in the state of California? Where's our mainstream media taking our hats off to show our honor and respect to the first responders or to the citizens that are assisting the firefighters, the police officers, the first responders? Why are we not talking about as a nation this half of a state that is completely engulfed, the families that lost everything, the parents who have to bury their children or the children that have to bury their parents that died in this fire? Why are we not talking about that? Why is our mainstream media not so their respect and honor in regards to the bravery of the men and women that are still to this very second matlock putting out these fires putting their lives on the line risking not going home to their own families to ensure the safety of innocent people that they don't even know why are we not talking about that 32 people dead so far more still not accounted for hundreds of people without homes yet nothing there's nothing so i want to say this on behalf of the conservative cartel on behalf of ron phillips Matlock, Rocky Stucci, on behalf of Nine Line Apparel, on behalf of Black Rifle Coffee, and on behalf of all the listeners of this program, we say thank you to the firefighters. We say thank you to the police officers. We say thank you to the first responders. We say thank you to all the men and women who have stopped your lives to go lend a hand, whether it be in Houston, whether it be in Florida, whether it be in Puerto Rico, or whether it be in California, helping these people in such a tragic moment. This is why we're proud to be American. This is why we get on these microphones. Our hats are off to you and know that you are all in our prayers and our love. No, well said, my brother. Hey, we're going to head to the phones. We got got a couple callers here on the phones. We're going to head to Andy and see what's going on. Andy, welcome to the conservative cartel. What's on your mind? Thank you all so much. I love your show. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. We certainly appreciate it. What's going on? I I just had a, a... I agree with everything that you're saying about the the economy and, and for the first time in eight years, I'm actually optimistic about the way that the economy is going, you know, with the rise of the stock market and, and just consumer confidence overall. But okay. there there is, and I, I'm cautiously optimistic. Sure. I don't know if you've ever heard of a company called uh, Enron. Yeah, oh, we yeah. have. <laughs> I, <laughs> admittedly, I, I just recently watched a documentary on Enron, and I kind of see a, a few correlations with what's happening now in the rhetoric, because most of the reason why Enron was such a success was based off of talking points. Right. And and I'm, I'm not taking any anything away from our president. I believe he has done some fantastic things. If anything, he has been the catalyst of consumer confidence up to this point, I believe, my personal opinion. Uh, but I, I still see a danger there because of the do-nothing Congress and, right. and all of these obstructionists that are in his way. So I, I just wanted to, to kind of check that a little bit, you know, because you know we're out here, I, I, I work seven days a week, and, and I haven't seen my wages increase yet. And I, it, it absolutely ticks me off that when Donald Trump tries to do something for the American people, whether it's a talking point or an executive order or, 
or, or whatever it may be that, that they're just obstructing them and, and we're out here struggling. Right. Well, Andy, first of all, thank you for the call. Great points, and God bless you and your family, and we appreciate that you work hard, and we get it. We get it. You're, you're, you're optimistic. You're, 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 you're staying back. You're, you're seeing what's going to happen. You're, you're talking about your wages not moving, but we do. You hit on a very good point. We do need the Congress to start doing their job. Donald Trump cannot write laws. He, he can only execute them. He is the executive branch. And in Rocky, it's scary to me that only about 25% of this country can name you the three branches of government. Right. None of these. See, the mainstream media has made it their point to confuse you, to not right. inform you. Right. So we have 75% of the populace that doesn't understand that the legislative branch, House and the Senate, are the ones that write the laws. The executive branch, the president, executes those laws, and then the judicial branch makes sure that these laws happen according to the law. They adjudicate right. them. That's what they do. That's that's the three. And we're running into, and I said this with Dr. Kelly Ward last, last segment. I'm going to say it now. There is a log jam in Congress. And mm-hmm. by the way, Congress is on break until October 23rd. They're on break for another nine days. They're not even working. It's unbelievable that this kind of stuff goes on. But we've got one more phone call here. We're going to head to Johnny in the great state of New Mexico. Johnny, welcome to the conservative cartel. What's on your mind, man? Uh, you know, uh, I was listening there uh, uh, to him, uh, but uh, this uh, comment, it's good, but it could be better. Sure could. That's not what I talk about. Uh, <clears throat> we need uh, to... Actually, they need to hurry up and, and do something about Hillary and, and the Clinton bunch and, and Loretta Lynch. Well, Johnny, Johnny, Comey Johnny, hang on. These. Johnny, Johnny, hang on here. A serious question. Do you uh-huh. think they're ever going to go after these people? I mean, we've got all this stuff on their plate. I think the Clintons worked out some kind of deal. I mean, do you honestly think that this Trump administration is going to go after Hillary and Loretta Lynch? Well, I tell you what, uh, if they're, you know, uh, how could anybody put anybody in jail, any cop put anybody in jail if you won't take and, to- uh, and arrest the top ones when they do commit crimes? Right. I mean, it, 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 it's a, it's a fallacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 if, if no one will ever take it, and you, you can't have two layer system of justice. You've got to have the justice equal and Equal justice for everyone, right. and that's what the Constitution is supposed to be about. Right. And if you don't take care of these top dogs that was up there doing all of this evil, uh, then what? Well, you, you, there's no justification in arresting him. It's just all anarchy. Well, you know what? Uh, he, he, so, so there's a valid point to be talked about here because. We look at what the political crimes that we witnessed that we've talked about for a very long time. We look at Loretta Lynch and we look at all the different nasty things that have happened behind the scenes. And these political elite, they get away with a lot of things that your normal person would not get away with. And we can reference the same thing to Hollywood on how these pedophile disgusting people can get away with those things and not be prosecuted until somehow they get exposed and then the whole world will come down on somebody and the last caller matt had a great point as well too is that trump isn't just up against a lot of not all of them not all of them 
put a lot of very corrupt politicians on top of very corrupt corporations. Uh, so the, the last caller had a great point. And, and this is something that, again, why Donald Trump was elected is because the American people are aware enough now to know that we have become a nation of corruption, whether it be politically, whether it be through corruption or um, uh, corporations, whether it be Hollywood, whether it be mainstream media. So we are up against a lot. And if we don't stand shoulder to shoulder as Americans and we allow this to continue, we will fail. We will fail quickly, and it will be a painful failure. Well, Johnny, one last word here because we got to run, so quickly. We we, we have got to all stand up and demand, demand that they be arrested and and tried for her for treason and uh, her for collusion. Uh, I'm talking about Loretta Lynch on the tarmac with uh, Mr. Bill Clinton, you know. I mean, that, that all needs to be, uh, it needs to be done something with. And, and we got to get rid of, of uh, uh, Mueller. He's, he's in, he's in the mix with him. I mean, he's just, he's, he's guilty of sin with old Tommy and the rest of them. He, he just, you know, he, he's got to go to. They need to uh, send him to the, back to the brickyard, you know. Well, Johnny, we, Johnny, we certainly appreciate your call. Thank you, Johnny, from the great state of New I Mexico. I do, too. You know, he's passionate and yep. part of the cartel family, and he's not wrong. We are now in a society where we have to demand better from our elected officials. We need to demand that they fulfill the promises that they campaign on. And that's our fault, by the way. That's our fault as individuals and as Americans for not paying attention to the people that we are sending to Congress and the Senate. We have to do a better job. If we don't start doing a better job, these are the kind of people we get. And we sit here and you can't fight the fight if you don't get out there and activate. If you're not out there shoulder to shoulder, like you said, this is what you're going to get. So hang tight. We got a couple more segments left. Don't go anywhere. The cartel, we're rolling on this Saturday. Stick around. The conservative cartel returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network. Man, I, I love the music that the Blaze has put together for the cartel. It is fantastic, man. This Saturday, the show is flying by Rocky Stucci. As, as we it are is. live on the Blaze Radio Network, we're coming to you from the Nine Line Apparel Studios here in Dallas, Texas. And if uh, you want to be part of the program, we still got a little bit of time. You can give me a call on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, 888 900 3393 had a couple good calls there andy and johnny but uh want to get back into this by the way head over to facebook give us some likes like 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 that's what we're that's what we need we need we need we need to get out to more people need to get out to our voices to more followers and we appreciate every one of you who is watching this on the live stream on the conservative cartel facebook page but uh want to get back to this winning in america Now that President Donald Trump has hit the scene, I started pulling articles last night, Rocky, for the show, as I always do on Friday night. I try to pull some, you know, articles that are closer to today. It's Saturday, of course. And uh, I came across this article from CNN Money. Now, we know CNN. Once again, we talk about this all the time. I actually do read what the left prints. It's painful 
mm-hmm. but I read it because right. it, it's it's insightful for one, and it really gives you a behind-the-scenes feel of, of what they're all about. So, headline, U.S. job openings hit record high, nearly 6.2 million, and this was written by Patrick Gillespie. And it was written about a month ago, by the way. So this article isn't relatively new. It's about a month old. But it, the, the, the first sentence, if you need a job, there are millions open right now. That's a good thing, right? I mean, if you need a job, the economy's running, we're, we've got some growth. I, I'm a recruiter for a living. I, I find people jobs. And I'll tell you, I have companies calling me every day. We need people. We need good people. We need people that will come and work. And I'm like, okay. So it says job openings in the United States reached a record high in July at 6.17 million, according to the Labor Department data published back September 12th. Now, it goes on to say, that employers continue to struggle with finding workers to fill all of their open, open positions. It says job openings have been rising for years, but this most recent report comes on the heels of President Trump's decision to end DACA, the Deferred Action on Childhood Arrivals. Mm-hmm. One of the White House's key arguments for ending the program and potentially deport, deporting roughly 800,000 young immigrants, which we know that number is not even true with chain migration and everything else, is that it allegedly takes jobs away from young Americans. We've said this, and I'll say it. I'll, I will shout this from the rooftops. Illegals take jobs away from Americans. It's a fact. If you want to debate me, you, I'm on Twitter, at the cartel Matt. Matt at the conservativecartel.com is my email. You can call the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline right now, 888-900-3393. I will debate you all day that illegals take American jobs because it's true. And I can give you sources till the cows come home. It is true. They take our health care. They take our education benefits, welfare, food, housing. They steal from you and I. I will debate that all day long. But here's the thing with CNN money. This knucklehead, I'm going to see what his name is here. I want to, I want to make sure that I, that I properly put this name to the deal here. Let me see if I can find his name. Yep, Chris Rupke. He's a chief financial economist at MUFG Union Bank. You know what he says? He says the rhetoric from the Trump administration isn't matching the reality of this labor market. He says any measures that try and cut back on immigration would be problematic for an economy that's running at full employment and is actually running out of workers. Bull crap. That Matt, is I, bull crap. Help me out here for a second. We're not trying to cut back on immigration. Nope. We may be trying to get that's illegal the first immigration fallacy. under control. That's right. That's the first fallacy. We're not cutting back on immigration. We're getting rid of illegal immigration but i want to give you some facts here that Mm -hmm. do not support this guy's story because sarah sanders who is the white house press secretary she says look i think that it's a known fact that there are over four million unemployed americans in the same age group as those that are daca recipients Noting on September 5th that 950,000 African Americans and 870,000 Hispanics in the same age group as DACA recipients were unemployed. 
It's a lie, Rocky Stucci. It's an absolute and utter fabrication. And I'm getting irritated. I'm starting to wave my arms because it irritates me that these idiots on the left want you to think that nobody in America will take these jobs. It's a joke. My blood pressure is high now. Ron's laughing at me. But look, (laughs) I'm so sick. I'm so sick of this rubbish that is Mm -hmm. pushed down our throats that Americans won't work. Like we're some lazy people that sit on our dead rear ends all day on the couch watching The View, which nobody watches, by the way, because they're a bunch of crazy women, a bunch of hens, cackling Mm -hmm. hens, by the way. But Rocky, this is so disingenuous. Of the fact that, look, first of all, our economy is really starting to take off. This is good news. We have, and you talked about this with with Dr. Kelly Ward. You know, why aren't we focusing on homeless people, Mm -hmm. veterans, inner city youth, people that could use jobs, that could use a hand up, not a hand out? Now, you're right. being very quiet on this subject. I want your opinion. Are you well, about I'm, ready to bring out the two-by-four and beat somebody? You're getting ready well, to I feed am. somebody I, I, a brick, aren't you? I you're getting the brick sure. ready there, aren't you? <laughs> Feeding a psychopath a brick one day at a time, brother. That's, That's Rocky right. Stucci's model. Hey, no, so I wanted to make sure that you had the floor on that because there's very important numbers that needed to get out. So I just wanted to kind of put the zipper on my lip and, and let you get that out. Uh, and I want to reference something, too, about what, what you're talking about with the inner city. And I support everything you said a thousand percent. Now I have connections within the city of St. Paul and Minneapolis, social workers, people that are infiltrated within the the, the child court systems. Uh, so do we have programs, job training programs available? Yes, we do, but they're broken. Um, they're not successful. They're not being used right. Uh, some of the stories I hear, Matt, are so absurd of what these families are going through that how can you expect somebody to try to create an opportunity for themselves when they are a product of the system? They are entranced. They are locked into a system that won't let go of them. And I almost question, do they want these people to stay on welfare, Matt? Do do. they want these people to to, to be dependent on food and gas and transportation? Yes. Because the more you free people the more you um, you allow people to flourish. You know, we talk about reality. We talk about perception. We talk about how we choose to think. Um, you know, when you start training people, educating people on how powerful our minds are and how our reality is based off on how we think, we can become better people. That's how you live your life, Matt Locke. That's how I live my life, Matt That's Locke. Right. That's what we do. We sacrifice. We fight to become better people in this world. But we're not teaching that to our youth. We're not teaching that to the people that are stuck in the system. We're teaching them to remain a victim. We'll take care of you. We'll make sure if you're sick, we'll put medications down your throat. We'll make sure if you're hungry, we'll put food in your stomach. So when you become entrapped in that system, and then when you try to break out and you go out and you find a job, that's $10 an hour, $11 an hour. How are you supposed to transform from being government dependent to going and making $11 an hour when technically, Matt, when you break it down financially, you're better off by not doing anything. 
You're well, better off by staying dependent on the government. The so government what, wants that. The, exactly. The government wants that. And that's why they have that pay threshold. That's why they say if you make $12 an hour, you're making too much to qualify for subsidies. So that's uh, it, it's frustrating to me to see people stuck because I've been stuck. Rocky, you and I could have this conversation for three hours. Yes, sir. And look, I'm not for a minimum wage. I'm not for a living wage. I'm for capitalism. I'm for the market dictating what you get paid via their product and how it works. And the problem is we can't get government out of the way. They meddle in all of it, and they're going to hold you down because they need victim classes. They need victim statuses. They need to keep the people there because if they don't, if you can do it yourself, then what does the government have to do? How can the government manage any money? How can they get in the middle of your life and control you with your 16 ounces or less of soda if they're not in the middle of it? That's the whole problem. Okay, we're going to take a quick timeout and get our blood pressure under control. The conservative cartel on the Blaze Radio Network. The conservative cartel will return on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, we're already on the final segment. I'm a three-hour show, and I, I'm not lying, folks. I could go another three hours. There's so many things to talk about. Uh, welcome back to the program. Of course, me, the emotional meatball, Rocky Stucci, here on the other side of the microphone is my brother-at-arms, the brother I stand shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder with in this fight for freedom, Mr. Matt, the voice of Liberty Locke. Uh, you're listening live from the Nine Lion Apparel Studios. You can call in on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, 888 I want to add something. So before we went out to break, you know, we're talking about the system. We're talking about this, these amazing things that are truly happening with our, within our economy. Statistically, uh, we're, we're talking about how media tries to portray things to be out as is. it's not what it seems to be. And, and we're cautious people. We watch things closely. We have a great circle of people that research things for us that keep us informed. Uh, but again, I want to reference something when we're talking about the victimhood mentality, the inner city. Now, my dad, he's a veteran. He's a Vietnam veteran, 101st Airborne and 82nd All-American. 101st Screaming Eagle, 82nd All-American. Bullets all over his body. And very religious guy. He, he still serves mass at his Catholic church. And his church is closing down, was closing down because all it seems like all the churches are closing down, Matt. And what he wanted to do was he wanted to walk and raise money. He wanted to raise funds for the church. So he was going to walk it was 75 miles in two days. And so he started doing this walk. I'm trying to make a very long story short because this is what Americanism to me is what, it, what it's all about. He made it halfway. The first day was complete. My mother called me up and she was in tears. And I had to go to the campground to pick my father up because it, it stormed out, it rained out. His feet were completely blistered. He couldn't walk anymore. And when I showed up to the campsite, I'm looking at the guy who has been the strength my entire life. He And right. he still is. Right. But he was the physical guy. He was the mentally strong guy. He was don't take crap from anybody. He's the guy with fake knuckles because of defending innocent people. Uh, he's the guy with bullet holes all over his body. Old East Side Italian type of guy, you know? Yeah, no. And to see, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about. But to see him, Matt, when I got to this campsite, to see him broken, that was the first time 
that I've ever seen my father spiritually broken. And, and, it, and it bothered me, brother. It bothered me. It, it ate me up. It, I was in tears. I couldn't even talk. I was crying so hard when I got home to explain this to my wife. And then I finally looked at my wife and I told my wife, I got to finish it for him. I have to finish this for my dad. I have to finish this walk for my dad. So I had my wife. She dropped me off at the campsite. I put a big American flag. I had a big backpack. I had it loaded with food and water. It was about 30 pounds. I'm trying to mimic what these troops go through. And then I had a big American flag hooked onto my backpack. And I walked. It was 37 miles I walked in 12 hours. But here's here's the moral of the story. Wow. Is that while I did this walk, people that didn't even know me, a beautiful old lady pulls up. She pulls my hand and she puts a $20 bill in my hand. And then she drives away. I stop at a gas station. A guy buys me lunch. People are pulling over asking me if I needed a ride somewhere. This is, was, it was an awakening moment for me. But through this, meeting beautiful American people that not one person asked me what my political view was before they reached their hand out and offered me goods, right. offered me food, offered me money, offered me rides, offered me whatever it was, right? They didn't ask me that because Americans is just that. We are an American. Whatever our political views is one thing, but at the end of the day, when we go to bed, that same flag represents you and it represents me and it represents this country. And during this walk, when we talk about life, we talk about addiction, we talk about struggles. That whole time, Matt Locke, I was doing that walk, I kept trying to convince myself ways to give up, ways to quit, ways to cheat. And it was, I had about seven miles left. Now I got a bad right hip. I used to play semi-pro football and I could barely walk. I could barely walk. And I had about five miles left. I struggled for two. I had about five miles left to get to my dad's destination. And I almost could barely stay on my feet. And out of nowhere, I turned around. And what do I see? I see my dad. My dad pulled up. Didn't even know he was going to be there. And my dad limps out. And he had two sticks. My dad makes walking sticks. And he had two sticks. And he limped over to me. And he gave me one stick. And he kept the other stick. And we both finished this together. And at the end of the day, it had really nothing to do with the church. It had to do with mentality. It had to do with psychological strength because in life, Matlock, we want to give up. In life, we do give up. In life, we allow ourselves to be a product of what we were yesterday instead of saying what are the possibilities of what I can be tomorrow. And through this walk, it referenced not just the struggle I had that day, it represented struggles that people have every single day. And to be able to walk the last five miles with my father, uh, with the Vietnam veteran, with the true American, the guy who taught me how to be a man, to know that as many times as I wanted to give up, as many times as I wanted to catch a ride, I didn't do it. I sacrificed and I fought through the pain. I fought through the psychology of it and I finished and I finished with a real man, a real American, and that's life. Matt, you sacrifice a lot. Ron sacrifices a lot. I sacrifice a lot. Everybody who listens to this show, we have struggles in life. And folks, listen to me. I could tell you some stories that I've been through in my life, and I shouldn't be here today. I shouldn't be alive, but I am. And I feel blessed that I am. And this is why I thank God every single day that I can come on this microphone. And you may not always agree with what I say or what Matt says, but we fight hard for you. We fight because we have these experiences of pain and humility, and we want to bring this to you because we believe what this country has to offer. We believe what life has to offer because at the end of the day, folks, how do you look at yourself when you see yourself in the mirror? Because that's all that counts. 
is how you see your own reflection. Matlock, take the floor. Man, first of all, an amazing story, my friend. And there's that meatball moment that Rocky Stucci is well known for, by the way, if you watch our show throughout the week. But Rocky, there's so many things I can say to that. You know, there are great Americans out there. There are great people out there who believe in this country, who love this country, who have given the ultimate sacrifice for this country. My dad was a Vietnam vet. You know, same era. We're the same age, dude. You know, I, I see. I saw my dad go through it and heard those stories. And my grandfather was in, both my grandfather and my dad were in the Army. You know, and there are amazing people in this country who have done things so selflessly and have asked for nothing. And, and to have the privilege to come into the Blaze Radio Network studios and to do a Saturday morning show of what I love to do. I mean, I am giddy at 5.30 in the morning on a Saturday because I get to go in and Mm -hmm. do radio. I get to go in and do what I love to do. Talk politics, talk about this great country, talk about the people who make this country great. And, And I say amen to the fact that Donald Trump is our president and that we are bringing back a patriotic feeling to this country that we can be proud again, that we can stand up to that flag. And as we watch the NFL, you know, kneel during the national anthem, when we watch these idiots on social media who, who disrespect our flag and we have veterans like Evan Hafer from Black Mm -hmm. Rifle Coffee and, and we have guys like Tyler and Danny Merritt from Nine Line Apparel, who are great Americans, who are great veterans, who are patriotic men, who have come forth and said, look, it is my duty. It is my duty as a person, as a patriot, as a veteran. I want to make this country better. And I know Nine Line, Nine Line Apparel, our good sponsor here, they just opened up a brand new facility in Savannah, Georgia. They're on the top 500 list of fastest growing companies in the country. I mean, they're growing at astronomical rates. And the reason that they're growing at those rates is because of you. You guys out there listening to our program, you great Americans who love this country, who stand for the flag. The back of my shirt has the Pledge of Allegiance on it. I mean, it is fantastic. The 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 drive, the patriotism. You see nine lines, you know, relentlessly patriotic. Black Rifle Coffee on their YouTube videos. They're, 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 they're very, very patriotic. They love this country. They love what it stands for. And I am so proud. I know I'm proud. I know you're proud, Rocky. I know Ron's proud. Ron's a former veteran, and we thank him for his service all the time. We're proud, and we're honored that these great companies chose to stand shoulder to shoulder with us and they chose to lead this image, this this patriotism. They chose to show it through what they do every day. Rocky, that's it. We're, we're done. Three My hours goodness. of conservative brilliance <laughs> is over. Look, head out to the Conservative Cartel Facebook page. Give us a like. Head over to Nine Line and Black Rifle. Like their Facebook pages. We'll see you next Saturday on the Cartel on the Blaze Radio Network. You're in the marketplace of liberty. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci on the Blaze Radio Network.